Welcome back to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Our guest today is Laura Messer, who is at Far North Cider on Twitter. Far North Cider. Uh, we've had her on before. She uh, runs the Far North Cider blog, which talks about the Cubs and Blue Jays generally and overall baseball topics. She now also is my colleague at Cubs Insider where she writes a lot of recaps and has some feature articles that are pretty good. Um, we have a talk about everything going on with the Cubs, who are red hot right now, which is great to see. Unfortunately, we have to talk about Addison Russell, who made his return to the Cubs. And I warned you in my previous podcast, unfortunately, we'd have to talk about that more. I wish we didn't. wish he was gone, but, you know, got to talk about what's going on. And then we just talk about um, her other team that she follows, the Blue Jays, and the debut of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's struggling a little bit, but I think it will be okay. And it's a really good conversation, and um, I think you'll like it. Here's Laura. All right, uh, Laura, welcome back to Holy Cow. Glad to have you on. Then at least I don't know how how many months since I think it was towards the last end of the last season. Yes, it was. It was uh, late in the season. Um, all right, so now, of course, the Cubs are playing great, and I'd love to start talking about the how great the Cubs are playing and all the really good pitching performances and hitting, but unfortunately, um, last night, we are recording this on Thursday, uh, Wednesday night, Addison Russell made his return to the Cubs, and right. obviously it was the big story. He did get booed, which I was glad to see. I was worried he'd get, uh, you know, a big cheer, and he didn't. He got booed, so that was. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. Didn't think that was going to happen. I went to Detroit, and that was Daniel Murphy's debut. There was a good number of Cub fans down the down the line, and they were all cheering him on. So yeah, I was expecting the same thing. <laughs> exactly, I was worried about that too. But um, uh, so obviously, I'll just ask you for your thoughts on the whole thing. I guess we knew the Cubs were going to do this. They indicated very strongly that they would bring him back at some point, but uh, it really sucks to see, but I just thought I'd ask uh, your opinion on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't want him back. You know, it's just, he has really yet to show he's taken any of the, the allegations very seriously. I know there was just something that came out today where he was, like, he was asked for his opinion on the booing and he said, go ahead and boo if you're going to boo for us. You know, if we're going to try to bring the World Series back, it's on you. You know, so that that shows he's just not, it's uh, not about learning anything about what he's done or showing any kind of, any contrition about about hurting his wife or even the allegations with the, the child support, nothing like that. It's all, it's all about him. Yeah, it's a, and that was um. I believe it was an interview with the Chicago Sun-Times. I think that I, that this was, because I saw it too on Twitter when he was, yeah, if they boo, it's on them or something like that. And it's like, yeah. yeah I mean, that just came out after the game today. And so everybody was reacting to that. Yeah, it's not, it, it doesn't feel like, now we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but 
it sure doesn't feel like with his public statements that he has changed at all from the kind of, you know, way he was acting before. And yeah, it's just like, and I should always add that I like to add to people that he's not very good. I mean, he was this highly touted, you know, very talented guy coming into his major league career, but he has been a massive disappointment just as a player. Leave off the horrible stuff he's done off the field. It's, it's not like he's done anything that good on the field. Yeah, no. I've written about this myself on my own website a little bit as far as looking at some of the advanced stats as far as the, the isolated power and the OPS plus, all that kind of stuff. You know, and it's, it's uh, been below average for his whole career. Even his best season, which was 2016, was still not that great. You know, even with uh, close to 100 RBIs, like the other, the underlying stuff that's not the counting stats was not not impressive at all. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't really have much more to say about it other than I don't want him on the team, and hopefully he won't be on the team for long, but I, I'll, I'll put it aside for now, but it's, I don't like it very much. But um, let's get on. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's un- overshadowing all the other good things that are happening right now. Yeah, so let's get to the actual fun stuff that's going on. Stop <laughs> talking about that. Um, uh, the Cubs are playing very well. They've won 10 out of 11 games. They had a little bit of a hiccup, especially that Monday game against the Marlins, and then kind of like they didn't blow the Marlins away, but they pulled out the last three games, and uh, they've gone 10 and 11, and they're, they've really made a m- remarkable turnaround from the first uh, rough week they had where they were you know, two and seven. And since then they've only lost six games. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. The, the pitching definitely went, went, uh, took, did a complete, uh, 180, whatever you want to call it from what you saw those first nine games, you know, there's still kind of some troubling things going on as far as you Darvish's command, but everybody else has cleaned up quite a bit. And you're seeing the best, best pitching that you've that Jose Quintana has had as a Cub. Yeah, let's talk about um, Quintana a little bit. You know, he was, I mean, people forget he actually was pretty good down the stretch in uh, 2017. Right. But last year did not work well for him. He was, you know, had some, you know, was nibbling around the plate, kind of had some command issues a little bit, which was very surprising for him because he, Quintana has very good control in his career. But uh, this spring he came in with a changeup. And he's been much more aggressive as well. And it's really been amazing the turnaround he's had this year. Yeah, I think, uh, I haven't checked, but I think he's on a quality start streak. He did have a scoreless inning streak for quite a while. I think that ended his last time around. But yeah, it's going to be a big series coming up with Milwaukee. I think he starts that series. And he's done pretty well against them as a Cub. Yeah, for his career, he's owned, owned the Brewers, but then, weirdly, his first game of the season this year, is be- where he's done so well, he got lit up by the Brewers in his first start, which was, I don't, that was just weird, because since then, he's pitched great, so I don't, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I think... You know, kind of the one thing that's been been a little bit crazy as far as some of the people, the free agents come over with the Cubs and then they have command problems. So I'm really not sure what that where that comes from, but he's definitely a lot better this year. Now we have kind of Darvish having 
having those problems. Like Quintana and Chatwood have cleaned things up quite a bit. But now, now there's just Darvish to deal with, basically. Yeah, and that's the, I was kind of trying to make that uh, point today, too, because there's a lot of people that, like, have a rational hatred for you, Darvish, and attack him and stuff, and I'm not one of those people. And that's why I said, I like you, Darvish. I want him to do good, but like you were saying, he just cannot find the plate right now. And it's getting to be very, like, very concerning. His, his yeah. walk rate is like, um, I think I saw 19.6%, which of all batters faced. And to put that into perspective, I think that they said the next highest starting pitcher is a 13% walk rate. So something is way up, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean they got they have Taylor Davis catching him to try to get the uh the better framing going with him, but that doesn't seem to have done very much as far as the walk rate. You know, he's definitely able to get steal a few strikes here and there, you know, and he's smoother than Contreras. Contreras does a lot of other things really well, but not not very quiet behind the plate as far as receiving. He has gotten slightly better this year, I've noticed. He's not quite as bad, but he's still not great. Yeah, so they, you know, it's not all the catcher. It's definitely not, you know, even having somebody else down back there. He's still still walking, guys. I was, yeah, I was listening to the game today, so I didn't really see see how things were looking as far as that goes. But, you know, it seemed to me like he's having, he's kind of reluctant to throw the fastball. So I don't, I don't know whether he's just not trusting that one as much than he's trying to throw these other, other, the breaking ball. And then that's just bouncing around and all over the place. Yeah. It, it almost feels like he doesn't think he can control. He thinks he can like cr- command the breaking stuff better than the fastball. So he's like kind of shying away. Like when he needs to throw a strike, he's throwing a slider. And I don't think that's a very sound strategy, but it's like he doesn't trust the fastball will be a strike. Yeah, so I, I don't know what that is. That, you know, it seems like maybe it's just a mechanical thing that he's going to have to work with. The concern about that is like what, what we had with Chadwood is it's pretty hard to fix that over the course of the season. Yeah, yeah that's something be, you have to work on over the off season. Yeah, it might be one of those like, you know, going, in, going into next year adjustments. Um, there's a one really good piece of news that – especially in this series has been even more, you know, plainly proven. Chris Bryant is back. And I think we're all glad that he's back. Yeah, that was, that was what, why they, they stalled last year. I, I really think they just didn't have him contributing. You know, one, yeah. yeah, if you, you have Rizzo, you have Baez going, that's great, but you need, you need somebody else in there. You need Bryant to do that, especially if you're going to be having him at, at two every day. Yeah, and of course there's some you know there's stuff like you know baseball season is funny because they're so long. But I don't know what was it like two or three weeks ago there were I know in my articles I was getting comments about you know Chris Bryant's peaked. He had maybe one year. He's never the same. They should trade him now. Get whatever value they can. He he he's done. I mean, come on. And it was like you knew he would yeah. break out if he was healthy. That he would, and it's like now it's like. I think those people are gone. Yeah, I even saw somebody who was a, a baseball perspective re- prospectus writer saying he didn't he didn't be- believe that uh, Bryant was going to be able to come back this year. <laughs> that he was uh, he was doubting that Bryant was going to be back to his old self. Yeah, 
It's one of those things. As long as he is healthy, which we think he is, that he was always going to come back. I mean, last year his arm was was messed up. It was never right the whole year. He missed huge chunks of the season. And it's like, but when he's healthy, he's going to hit. If he plays, he's going to hit eventually. So I was not that worried, but people were freaking out. Yeah, well, I I had looked into this a little bit. Uh, I when I started writing for Cubs Insider, I did write uh, something where I was looking at the splits, and you know, we definitely have never seen him have a bad month of April in his very short career. So uh, we have seen that from Rizzo, but we've never seen that from Bryant. You know, so that's kind of that's one reason why people would would freak out is that we've never seen him had a bad month of April. He has had bad months. So, you know, looking at that, you know, he is able to turn it around. Just never saw him get off to a slow start. He's always gotten off running right away. But now, but now he's, uh, he's looking just like old Chris Bryant. So. Yeah. And of course, like you were saying, Rizzo, I mean, you can almost set your watch to him that every April he's hitting like one, what, 190, 200, whatever. And then the calendar turns to May and he just has about two weeks where he just goes off and he's right in the middle of that right now. And he's, what is his average up to like 260 by now? And it's like, yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah, I know he was on there as a home, home run streak, something like that with, with Rizzo. I know, I think I did hear today as far as Bryant did have the whatever on base streak for last 19 games or so and the other people are doing stuff like that or people like mike trout you know the usual suspects so i think yeah that's the other reason they say if uh chris bryan is keeping company with people like trout that that he's back yeah that was the other reason you'd have to feel pretty good too is that he was like even in the depth of his slump he was walking more than he's ever walked in his career so that was one thing that you're like, well, he's not hitting right now, but Bryant's walking a ton, so you felt pretty good. And yeah, it's turning around now. Now, speaking of people who are walking, I know we had Rizzo was the walks leader for a while, as was as usual, but then uh, Jason Hayward has taken that over. Yeah, it's we're getting the OBP leader and the walks leader. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. It's we're finally getting the. Um, Jason Hayward that people were kind of hoping we'd get coming from the Cardinals, the guy with that gets on base all the time, has some power, but it's just a good all around hitter and gives you a good at bat most of the time. And I mean, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So I'm very glad he started out so good, but I was going to ask you about his um, hot start to the season. Yeah. We're actually seeing better than him, him get it off to a better start than what we've seen from him as, as far as a Cardinal and as far as what he's put together so far, you know, it's, it's uh, pretty close to what we'd seen from him when he was with Atlanta, you know, so even better than where, where, what he was as a Cardinal. And if he keeps it going, this could definitely be a career year for him, I think. And of course the other guy, which we talked about a little bit with his framing, but that, um, Contreras, he shows no signs of slowing down, which I'm very glad to see after, you know, last year he was good for, he was decent the first half of the year, but then just fell off a clip down the stretch last season. But he looks like a whole different guy this year. So it's great to see. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, who knows whether, you know, he could be hitting uh, 40 home runs, be putting up the Gary Sanchez type numbers. You know, I think I'm glad to see that uh, they're basically assigning the backup guy to hit, hit Darvish because I, to take Darvish because then you know at least he's getting his one day off at least every week you know keep keep him rested and you know let him let him get his get his breaks and he'll he will hit as many uh dingers as you need yeah so and one other good um development which I guess was would fit kind of into the Rizzo you know he usually starts slow and and comes on but uh Kyle Hendricks looked really bad in um Arizona got teed off on, but if you take out that start, the start before against the Diamondbacks and these uh, last two starts, especially of course the 81 pitch complete game, but he looks like he's, he's fine now. He's clicked back in and he's uh, dominating like he normally does. Yeah. He did this last two times. He did finally put together two consistently good starts because it was kind of going back and forth for a little while there, but yeah, it was good to see that he both he had two back to back going very deep in the game. He had the complete complete game followed by the the eight inning game. Yeah, and um, I guess I should ask you because you wrote the article about it. Like, you know, we need an opener go. for Kyle Hendricks, and <laughs> but yeah, there was yeah he's his uh opening his splits against those first three hitters, especially the leadoff hitters, not. You know, that's that's kind of why you might might want to think about using an opener or something like that if he's not able to consistently get a good inning, first inning going. So and what do you think? What do you think that? Yeah. What do you think the cause of that? Is it like he's a sinker baller? So is, is his pitches like have too much on them in the first inning? Is it like he just not prepared? Is it a mental thing? What do you think it is? Yeah, I don't know if it's preparation so much. I have read he talks he's talks about the looking for all the advanced reports and going through all those metrics and things like that. So I would I would guess it's kind of more of a mechanical issue as far as just getting locked in, getting the feel for locating the the change up and you know his his bread and butter pitches. Yeah, it's one of those things too when he does have a clean first inning. Then you get excited because that's usually a sign. He's going to have a really good start. Yeah, Not always, but he's locked in. And you know, when, when he gets in the rhythm, then you pretty much can't stop. Can't stop him. Yeah. Were, were you, were you mad that they took him out yesterday after eight innings when he only had 96 pitches or you thought it was yeah, probably a smart move? That's kind of a toss up since they're, you know, stroke being injured. There's not really a, a set guy you can turn the ball over to. So I was kind of more in favor of letting him keep going because you don't have, don't have stroke in the pen. You know, your next guy basically would be C-Sheck as far as your next best reliever. And we, what we did see was that men's going with the, uh, the left, right combo. And so he's starting out with Ryan. Ryan didn't get the, the lefty, I think it was, he's supposed to face. So then bring in C-Sheck because you don't really want the uh, the righty side armor facing a lefty slugger. Yeah, or you could just do, I guess, what he did today and just have Mike Montgomery pitch the last five innings. And... <laughs> yeah, he was rolling. So just, yeah, just let him keep going. Don't, 
don't overtax anybody <laughs> if you don't need to get anybody else out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save everybody else. Um, I will say, should we be cautiously optimistic about Carl Edwards coming back? Or, I mean, I'm very leery still, but he did, has looked yeah. good in his first two appearances. Yeah, I was watching his his first one back a little more closely. And did I was worried with his first hitter because he got behind right away, but then he did he did come back to to retire the hitter, got back into the count. So that was very encouraging since what we'd seen before, you just get behind and then just walk that one and then just keep walking people. So I think that's a good sign as far as his his mental mental approach to things. He's he's able to to fight through that and bat. Yeah, because it really does feel like it's a it's a mental game for um, Edwards, especially now that in his couple starts back, he's up to ninety six again on the velocity. But it's really just like I guess that's true most relievers. It says if you get your head right, you can be very good. Yeah, he just needs to keep being aggressive. You know, he's got the you know the ninety six, ninety seven mile an hour fastball, and then the the cutter that's very nasty. So. It's just a matter of being aggressive and locating. So now I'm going to I'll shift over a little bit because you still have your blog, the Far North Cider blog, that you um, cover the Cubs and the Blue Jays. But I have to ask you about the big story for the Blue Jays, who probably aren't going to be very good this year. But <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr., finally after his long odyssey in the minors where he was, quote, working on defense – as they used to say about Chris Bryant, but he's finally up in the majors. So I thought I'd ask you, how's uh, little Vlad doing in the majors? Uh, he is, he's off to a slow start. <laughs> he was, uh, there was a lot of hype him coming up. He's his first, his first game, he got a uh, hit that sparked the game winning rally. So that was, that was very exciting. Yeah, I love that. But then since then, I did check his his numbers, and he's he's hitting below 200. I think about 162, and uh, the OPS is under 600. So not definitely not what people are expecting. I think there are some, you know, the uh, the meatballs are like trade the guy, you know, all that. I haven't seen too much of that, but I think people are more upset with the. Uh, return they got on the trade from San Francisco, not panning out than they are about Vlad starting slow. He is doing, doing some good things defensively. They got some you know, web gem type plays. He's shown he has very good arm at third. So I think he'll, he'll be fine. Eventually he's just got to make the adjustments to the major league pitching. He'll, he'll get there eventually. Yeah. I, I would assume I, I, you know, you mentioned that too. It's, yeah, the the Blue Jays fans must be pretty mad at with because like Pilar was a fan favorite. Yeah, he's been playing very good for the Giants. So I yeah, they think they won that trade. <laughs> yeah, there'd be some grumbling from the Blue Jays fans on that. Yeah, people don't like to see the fan favorite go. He's the hero of the the playoff teams here. You know, in 2015, 2016, I think it was. So he's. Not there anymore. They're definitely trying to rebuild from with very young talent. 
So he's he's going to go. They supposedly want to shop Stroman and Sanchez as well, and Justin Smoke, who is the first baseman. Yes, former uh, Mariner legend Justin Smoke. <laughs> yeah, he's he's another fan favorite from the uh, the playoff teams too, Smoke. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. These uh, the guys they got from from San Francisco, Alan Hansen and Socrates Burrito have not not been very productive offensively. I think Hansen's also had some errors out there, possibly Burrito as well. That's kind of been one of the things that's been the big problem for some of the young players. Yeah, if, if I remember right, Hansen was the one a couple years ago against the Cubs. Maybe last year, I can't remember where um, uh, Hendricks was throwing a gem. And he put um, Hanson on first base and threw a pickoff throw that went wide at first, and Hanson went all the way around to score, and that was the winning run for the for the oh, Giants. Yeah. yeah, that might have been last year because I know there were some games <laughs> that took bad turns last year. <laughs> yeah, it was just a perfect, uh, perfect example of how games went last year for the Cubs. Um, I will. I will give one piece of. Uh, if there are any Blue Jay fans listening, I, I don't know if there are, but about um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, when Javi Baez, I remember it well, came up to the major leagues. It was 2014, I believe, against the Blue Jays. Was or uh, he was that was about when the first game was against the Rockies, yeah, they, but. Yeah, they did play here 2014. They had they played at Rogers Center, and then they played at Wrigley in 2017. Yeah, because I remember I I remember well though a game for the Blue Jays against the Blue Jays where he struck out five times and he he was striking out 41 percent of his at bats in 2014, and there were people all over the place. Oh, this is the guy that everyone says so great. This unbelievable guy, he's striking out like half the time. He, he's terrible. Why do, why do we have this guy on this team? He'll never hit. And, I mean, look where we are five years later. The guy's the greatest. So, mm-hmm. Blue Jays fans, don't worry. Vlad will start hitting. I, I know he will. Yeah, I did see an interesting article, kind of interesting comp for him. I was talking about whether he would be end up being somebody that be used a lot like Miguel Cabrera has where Miguel Cabrera has currently a first baseman, corner infielder, came up that way, but has also been used as outfielder, DH, a lot of different roles over his career. And it was kind of disgusting. Oh, that might be a possibility for Vlad as well, since he is, he is a pretty big kid. So he is, he is a bit big to be a, be a third baseman kind of, he does. He has shown he's able to move around out there and make throws and everything. But you know, some some people kind of wonder if they might be better off putting him in the outfield or something like that. I think that might be something if they want to get a little bit wild. You know, they you're getting sick of what they're seeing from Brito. They might want to consider putting him out there. You know. Yeah. Who's that guy on the um the Twins? The big guy um Estadio or whatever. Williams kind of, yeah, he's kind of built like a Vlad Jr., but he's got surprising speed for such a big guy. Yeah, I think he's, I think, 
I don't know if he's caught anything this year. I know he is. He can be a catcher and an outfielder, I believe. Kind of a, <laughs> an interesting combo there. But yeah, yeah he uh, he can move. He doesn't uh, doesn't look too fast, but he can move. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'll let you you know. Obviously, you're on Cubs Insider now, so that's good. But you also have your blog still, so. I'll let you do a little pitch for uh, Far North Cider. Yeah, mostly uh, it's focused on, you know, got some Cubs and highlights and recaps, things like that, and uh, also Blue Jays-related items. More about what I've been doing lately is a little more uh, opinion-related kind of things as far as uh, the Cubs, Blue Jays, MLB in general, and as compared to what I've been doing with Cub Insider, which is a little more... Uh, of stats analysis focused so i have did write a little bit about the addison russell issue as far as kind of more sociological perspective as far as you know why why people want to defend some you know disgraced athlete you know why we see that and why you know how sports fans can be very intense and tribal about somebody who's on their team will be very uh very vigilant about defending someone yeah, and I guess we've all seen that from the various articles we've written about and the comments we've gotten about stuff. Like, you get some wild comments, so I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think my most recent thing I have written about was a little bit about uh, no-hitters since we saw Mike Fires of the Athletics pitch the no-hitter on Tuesday. And... He, he took, I think, 130, 131 pitches, something like that. So that's definitely you know, one of your longer outings you're going to see from somebody as a starting pitcher. You know, we just that's not something we see much anymore. And I was kind of discussing there was a take out there that he would be the last person to throw multiple no-hitters. And I don't really agree with that. And the reason why is because Many of the people we've seen throw multiple no-hitters in MLB history have done so within a short space of time, less than a year, even within months. So I think that sometimes the ability to throw multiple no-hitters just depends on if somebody's very dominant, like what we saw with Jake Arrieta as a Cub in 2015, 2016, then they're just going to be on a roll. And then... And you do get some very... Yeah, you had some very weird guys, too. Like, random people that... Like, I mean, Homer Bailey threw two no-hitters. So, you get some random yeah. people where they might be willing to, you know... Mike Fires isn't a guy, like... They're going to be super protective of his arm. They're just going to let him go. And I would think you'd get more guys like that in future years that you'll probably see more multiple no-hitter guys. Yeah, they they let him go, and now they can skip his start next time. You know, <laughs> since he went that long, you know, he's not, uh, not your number one star by any means. And had he hadn't even been affected this year up yeah. until the no hitter. Yep. Well, yeah, that, that a lot of good stuff from you. And I read the Russell article and I really liked it. So, uh, everyone just look up uh, foreign North cider and you can get her articles and, Laura also, as she said, is on Cubs Insider, as am I. And I go Cubs Insider. That's right. We're both of us are pumping out articles 
all the time. So if you want to look on there, you can you can see our great work. And we both want to thank Evan for usually saying okay to most of our ideas, which <laughs> I'm thinking that he's going to say no all the time, and he usually says yes. So thank you to Evan. Yeah, usually he's kind of wanting me to. Uh, it took me kind of a while to kind of figure out how to refine the pitch for him. <laughs> the first he's like, I need a little more to go, you know, where are you going with this? But I've been doing better with that lately as far as getting uh, getting those pitches accepted. Yep. So you get that elevator pitch down, right? Yep. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for coming on, Laura. And uh, Anytime you want to come back on, let me know. All right, sounds good. You get back to watching this Raptors game. Hopefully they've gotten back in it. Yeah. And I want to again thank uh, Laura for coming on. Um, uh, since the season's going, I like to have as many of these as possible. It also depends on how many people I can get on the podcast, but I'm going to try to have a lot of people on. Um, as always, you can follow me at STH85. Uh, you, know, you can email the podcast. Send it to at holycowpod at gmail.com so holycowpod at gmail.com uh, that's where you get messages to the podcast uh, you can rate and review my podcast on iTunes and I've been getting some ratings so that's good you can also review it if you want but keep giving me those ratings and I'll know that I'm doing a good job or a bad job um, again Laura is at fornorsider.com farnorthsider.com that's her blog and her uh, Twitter is at farnorthsider so you know give her a follow and you can read both of our work on Cubs Insider and until their next episode thank you for listening as always